Hello and welcome to Down with the Patriarchy. I'm Ben Richards. And I'm Elia Jo. He's as white and as mad as they come. And she, well, she isn't. But together, we're hoping to uncover those classical composers you don't know so well. That's right. Good afternoon, Ben. Good afternoon, Ellie. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very good. Good, good. I've just popped back from a stint at the gym. I haven't. Uh... <laughs> no, this is my first time in, in a long time. I'm going on holiday next month, so I thought I'd whip out my abs before I'm jetting off around the world. They're in there somewhere, is it? Yeah, somewhere <laughs> deep down. <laughs> I don't I don't think I ever had any. Um I didn't um, they were an optional extra. My parents didn't tick when they configured me online before having I, me. I mean it's fair. There are a lot of upkeep, a lot of maintenance required. Wouldn't wouldn't recommend. No. No. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here in a very comfy pair of joggers actually, so uh Yes. So we are here on this uh, grey Friday afternoon. I could be morning or evening or night with you wherever you are, because obviously, by the magic of technology, this goes out at a different time to when we record it. Exactly. And today, well, today we're doing something different. I I messaged Ellie earlier because um, we hadn't really decided exactly what we were going to be doing today in classic Down with the Pedro Barkey tradition. Oh, yeah. And I said to Ellie, (laughs) I was like, I've got someone that I can talk about that I've wanted to, I don't know why I haven't talked about them before, uh, and I should have done, because I knew about this person long before we started doing this podcast, but I said to Ellie, rather than tell her who this person is and make it go away and look at things, I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to reveal to her who we're talking about at the same time as I reveal to you, dear listener, who we're talking about. How exciting. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to send Ellie a recording of my favourite piece of music by this composer, and she's going to go away and listen to it whilst I uh, prattle on for a few minutes to talk about their life. Woohoo! So, are you ready? I am ready. We are talking today about the Venezuelan pianist, soprano, composer, and conductor. Oh my gosh. Teresa Cadeno. Okay. How am I spelling that? Uh, T E R E S A, like Teresa. Yeah. Like and then Cadeno, C-A-R-R-E-N, with that, like, little thing on it. Oh, oh yeah, the wiggly line. The wiggly line, yeah. So I'm now going to send Ellie a recording, which I will talk a little bit about later, because there's a, there's, a, there's a story, there's a story, a personal story, um, uh, connecting me to, well, connecting me, well, the reason why I came across this composer, basically. So, Ellie, why don't you go and... Why don't you go and do your thing and have a little listen to uh, Waltz Gayo, uh, literally gay waltz, uh, couldn't be more appropriate, um, and <laughs> have fun editing that one out. Um, and, uh, Maybe I won't. <laughs> um, and I will, uh, whilst you do that, I'm going to talk a little bit about the life and times of Teresa Correno. Wonderful. Um, See you in a few minutes. See you in a few minutes. So, Teresa Carreno, whose full name is actually Maria Teresa Carreno Garcia de Sena, was born in Caracas, the capital city of Venezuela, on the 22nd of December, 1853. Now, uh, her father, uh, Manuel Antonio Carreno, was a politician, and he was also an amateur pianist, and he was initially 
uh, Teresa's piano teacher. Interestingly, Teresa's mother was a cousin of, now and please do forgive my awkward uh, pronunciation, Maria Teresa Rodriguez del Toro uh, Alasia, or Ala, yeah, Alasia, or Alaya, Alaya, I'm not sure. If, if you're more uh, adept on pronunciation, please let me know. Anyway, the crucial thing about this lady was that she was the wife of Simon Bolivar. Now, I think a lot of classically minded people will know of Simon Bolivar through the Simon Bolivar Symphony Orchestra, who is conducted by Gustavo Dudamel. But Simon Bolivar was a very, very important figure in South American history. He is often described as the founding father of modern South America, having led many of the countries in northern South America, including Venezuela, to independence from the tyranny of the Spanish Empire. So she was named Maria Teresa Rodriguez, was the namesake of Maria Teresa Carreno Garcia de Sena. So she was named after this very famous woman in Venezuelan life, who she was related to. So at a relatively young age, uh, in 1862, when she was just eight, they moved to New York. And it was here that she gave her first concert performance on the 25th of November, age eight, at the Irving Hall. So it's quite clear that she was very much an accomplished pianist from a very, very young age. And following this first performance, she toured Northeastern and Mid-Atlantic United States, including uh, visiting the White House in 1863 to perform for then President Abraham Lincoln. Following these few years in America, she moved with her family to Paris in France in 1866. So here she met a number of famous composers at the time, including Rossini and Franz Liszt. And she spent her time touring uh, Europe, uh, performing in the United Kingdom, France and Spain as a concert pianist. When she was in Europe, she started to make some inroads into the world of singing and had developed a sufficient enough voice to perform in opera roles. And one of the roles that she performed when she returned to New York in the 1870s was Zelina in Mozart's Don Giovanni. So while singing was not her first instrument, as it were, she was no slouch either. She was a pretty, pretty good singer. Anyway, she returned to the United States on a tour in 1872 in an artistic troupe that was led by a man called Max Strakosch. And there were a number of people in this troupe, including the French composer Emile Soiret. Now, he later became Teresa's husband. They got married in 1873 in London, and they had one child who was later adopted uh, by the family uh, of a family friend. And they were together, they were, this, was, this was them together, and they were in this performing troupe. They toured across Europe and across America. This was the first of four husbands for Teresa Carreno, and there's an interesting story about one that connects the second and fourth husband, which we will get to later. Anyway, between 1876 and 1889, Teresa Carreno spent most of her time in the United States, performing across the country as a concert pianist alongside other artists. It was around about 1876, 1877, that her marriage to her first husband started to fall apart. But no matter, because another man was on the scene, the operatic singer Giovanni Talia Pietra. So uh, they had a domestic marriage, a common law marriage from 1877 
1889 and had three children. So then we move then to her home country of Venezuela. She was invited by General Crespo, who was the president of Venezuela at the time, uh, to travel to Caracas in 1885 with the intention of establishing an opera company with her then husband and also to establish a music conservatoire. Unfortunately, that didn't really work. There was a lot of political instability at the time and there wasn't enough money behind the project and so it sort of got canned. But they did make their return to to her homeland of Venezuela to great acclaim. And then after that, uh, we, we see her traveling back across the US, across the world, Europe, New Zealand, uh, South Africa, for many, many, many years as a concert pianist. Uh, she made her debut at the with the Berlin Philharmonic in 1889, performing uh, the Edward Grieg Piano Concerto. And among other conductors that she was performing with, she performed with Edward Grieg, Gustav Mahler and Henry Wood. I love this. There's a little quote here by Henry Wood where he says, It is difficult to express adequately what all musicians felt about this great woman who looked like a queen among pianists and played like a goddess. The instant she walked onto the platform, her steady dignity held her audience, who watched with riveted attention while she arranged the long train she habitually wore. Her masculine vigour of tone and touch and her marvellous precision on executing octave passages carried everyone completely away. Masculine tone. <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, <laughs> masculine vigour of tone, I think is probably... Uh, oh, I know exactly. I know what he. I, know, I think we know what Henry yeah. Wood's trying to say. Um, bless him, poor guy. He'd be cancelled today. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but yes. So she had a fantastic, fantastic life as a concert pianist, and she, she toured across the world. She was having this wonderful, wonderful life, uh, and towards the end of her life in 1916, she performed for then President uh, Woodrow Wilson. So two presidents she performed for at the White House across her life. Sadly. Uh, when in Cuba, in Havana, in March 1917, she became ill. And when she returned to New York, she was diagnosed with a condition known as diplopia, uh, which is apparently the condition, according to the great Wikipedia, uh, where you perceive two images of a single object. It's, it's double vision, effectively. Oh, right. And following her diagnosis, her health declined rapidly and she became paralysed. And she died on the, on the 12th of June in 1917, at age of 63. So, that was the life and times of Teresa Correno as the pianist. But she did also compose 75 pieces of music. She composed a great many pieces for piano and for voice and piano. But she also composed some music for choir and orchestra. And she also composed some music for string orchestra. There's a there's a serenade to, of for strings, um, much like the the Elgar sort of three movement piece of music. So the piece that I gave to Ellie was the Valsgeo. Ellie, what did you think? Gorgeous. It's so fun. Yeah. It yeah. I mean, you you can see why it's called a happy waltz. Yeah. It's jolly and it's it, it just carries you away and. Ben sent me a lovely, lovely score which has the actual music in front. So I was following along. Yeah. And let me just open it. So I've got it up in front of me. But absolutely stunning. I'm so it's it's it feels really familiar 
and mm. I don't I don't mean that as in I've heard it before, but it feels very much. I don't know. You, you when you finish listening listening to it, you can basically sing back the melody again and yeah. again because yeah. it's it's a tune that it's a little earworm in a nice way, not in an annoying way, and and it's jolly and it's happy and it's graceful and elegant. It's mm. really pretty. It is, isn't it? Really nice. Yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful piece of music, isn't it? And it, it's just so light and refreshing, and I. I just love it. I love listening to it, and I I love the way that the the go and listen to it. It's absolutely fabulous. It's on YouTube. It's really stunning. It like it fizzes. It's, yeah, it's joyous and big word incoming exuberant. Exuberant. I love I love the way the left hand just sort of do 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 do. Yeah, do it. It's 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 constantly moving. Yeah. Yeah. And it also has that air of. I mean, it was it was written. I think it was written in the in the late. 1880s, 1800s. Most of her compositions were written before 1880. It's very little post 1880, and it does have a feel of that sort of era of American history. Um, it kind of literally, I suppose, it's the there's that television program now on called The Gilded Age, which is the Julian Fellows of about about the the Vanderbilts and the sort of mm. the New York, uh, the new money arriving in New York in the late 1800s. It's that it's that kind of era of of music and you can sort of imagine sort of music salons and and all and sort of what would you know victorian architecture in america is very different to victorian architecture in the uk and i think it's yeah. that kind of it, it has that feel about it uh and it's wonderful and the the the, the, the story behind why i've come across Teresa crano and this piece of music was i was i was on my i was on my way somewhere i think it was i think it was in tesco car park this was about <laughs> five years ago and I, I was I had Radio Three on, which is very rare. I don't listen to Radio Three that often. Anyway, Radio Three was on, and I heard this piece. And I was like, "What is this piece? I love this. I love this." So I went back, and obviously, you can go back and you can see what's just been played on the radio. So I found out what it was. And at the time, I was involved. There was a there was an organisation called the the Young Composer of Dubbed. So for a brief uh, geography lesson for those of you that aren't familiar with Wales. I live in Pembrokeshire, which is this county on the coast on, of West Wales. And in the late 20th century, there was a period when Pembrokeshire, Carmarthenshire and Ceredigion didn't exist. And they became what was known as Dubbed, which was this sort of new county, one big county. And actually, if you if you order sort of clothes and things from certain companies and you get it to auto put the, the, the address and it still comes up with my address being in Dubbed. But we are now Pembrokeshire, Carmarthenshire, and Ceredigion again. But it's useful when you're doing something that involves three counties. It's sort of a good sort of quick sort of shorthand way of, of saying what it's about. So this was a scheme for people who were, well, mostly secondary age people, but some people were at university as well. And every year they had a new ensemble in residence and they would go around the schools and do workshops and then they had a resident composer who would come into the schools and work with people who would then write a piece of music for these ensembles. And every single piece would be performed in showcases in schools in each county. And then like 10 or so of these pieces were selected for a sort of gala concert uh, where you got the chance to work with the ensemble and to hone the piece of music for performance. It was an amazing scheme. And I did That's it for a few so years cool. yeah. when I used to enjoy composing before I went to university and it all got, it, <laughs> the life got sucked out of me. Um, 
when I'm rude. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Royal Holloway. I love you. It's not it's your Royal fault. Holloway. It's 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 not your fault. Um, but it was it was an amazing amazing experience. And this one year we had this group, which were cello, harpsichord, violin, and recorder, and they were called Red Priest. Go and check them out on on YouTube. They're just the most Red fantastic, Priest. energetic ensemble. Anyway, I'd written this piece of music for them, and. One of the things that happened, there was no, it wasn't like a competition, but the 10 that were, were, were selected were sort of the 10 that were perhaps of the highest standard, I suppose. And then from then, one of the people was, was commissioned by the, 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 the organisation to write a piece of music for the winner of the Young Musician of Dovid, which was a performance competition that ran alongside the composer scheme. So I was very, very privileged to be asked that year after that um, concert, to write a piece of music for the winner of the young musician, who that oh. year happened to be um, pianist and good friend of mine, Cyril Jenkins, who she'd won the the pianist uh, the the performance category. She's a pianist, an excellent pianist, and I think she's now currently studying at Trinity Laban. She's doing a jazz masters. Excellent, excellent oh, pianist. Wow. So we both loved. Well, we still do, but at the time we both particularly loved sort of big smushy romantic music we were always talking about you know Chopin and Rachmaninoff and all the rest of it and so when I knew I had the chance to write a piece of music for for piano I was like right I'm going to write a piece of music that I'm going to try and do something in that style and obviously it was never going to be any anywhere near as good as the music that we all love but I just wanted to try and emulate and sort of produce a piece of music that was perhaps sort of an homage to this music and so I was sort of on the hunt for musical inspiration. And one of the pieces that inspired me was the second movement of the Ravel Piano Concerto, which is a wonderful, wonderful piece Gorgeous, of music. Gorgeous, yeah. But this came on the radio and I was like, oh, oh, okay. And what I love about this piece is how you've got this first melody and then there's a second section and it's all in three because it's obviously a waltz. And in the second section, you hear the melody the first time and then it builds to this huge moment and you've got sort of octave bass things going on and it's all happening. And so I took that as the inspiration for the waltz melody that happens in this piece that I wrote. And it does it does a similar thing in terms of sort of starting with the melody and then sort of making it a bit more grandiose. And I, and I just wanted to try and capture the spirit of it. And I listened to this piece over and over again while sitting at the piano trying to work out what I wanted to do, you know. Mm. So that's how I came across um, Teresa Carreno was, you know, a long five years ago, listening to this music. And wow. yeah, so it, it, it's, it's, it's been with me for a, very, for a very long time and was a huge inspiration when I was writing that piece of music. And, oh, that's so uh, exciting. So how old were you then? Um, that was 2016. So I was, I was, I think I was, yeah, I was 17, 18, 17. Yeah, seventeen. Oh, that's um, so nice! Very yeah. exciting stuff. Yeah, it was. It was. It was Another a lot of fun. Nostalgic story. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and it was probably the last. It was the last piece of music I wrote that I truly just loved writing, and like I listen back to it now, and and I enjoy listening to it. But there are there are things that don't really work, but I don't really care because it was a lot of fun to write, and I yeah. was probably it was probably too hard in places, and I do feel sorry for Serial because. <laughs> It was just, it was just huge in places and vulgar and a bit unnecessary. But you know, it's all right. It's harmless. Um, it was, it was all a bit of fun. Anyway, so that was 
that was the that was my inroad into Teresa Carreno. Um, as I mentioned before, her serenade for strings is on YouTube as well. That's really really lovely. Uh, I had a listen little listen to that earlier as well. I'll definitely have a listen to that. And the other the, piece, uh, which string I gal. yeah, I will of course you can you can provide your erudite opinion on on the strings. Uh, and the other <laughs> the other um, the other piece I wanted to look at was because because with singers like they, uh, she'd written a piece of music, sort of in honor of. Um, Simon Bolivar called now let me find it I cannot remember what exactly it, it was in Spanish where is it oh no oh I, it's a good thing we're not live because we don't have to stall this I'm just trying to I'm just, I've got I've got all this all this text in front of me and I can't find it where the hell is it ah uh, uh, oh here it is right sorry as singers I also wanted to to see some of her core music and she did write this uh, two works for chorus but the one i looked at was uh himno a bolivar which was written in 1883 and was performed when she visited caracas in 1885 and it's this homage to simon bolivar and it is exactly what you'd expect the homage to a war hero to sound like in the late 1800s it's like it's verse chorus verse chorus the chorus is sung by a chorus and then the verse is sung by a very exuberant tenor with orchestral backing and it's <laughs> it, it it's just it's very it's kind of in that this in the sort of line of like wellington zieg that piece that beethoven yeah. wrote it's like it's it's not the most amazing piece of music in the world but it's 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 quite it's quite funny and, and and interesting to listen to but i would say the best inroad into listening to her music the piece that the recording i sent to ellie was was from a, a cd of her work by a, compo a composer by a pianist called clara rodriguez and she's done an entire disc of her music so i would recommend going in there and listening to that because i think her piano music is where she is really hitting the sweet spot yeah uh, and there is so I've I've been having a bit of a, a look at some of her other piano work as well. So there's a Kleiner Walzer, which yes. looks similar, I think, the same same kind of do hmm. do do kind of thing, and yeah. just some other gorgeous piano music that looks so much fun that I can't wait to listen to. I've just had a look at some of the actual scores; they're all available on my MSLP. Yes, she, thankfully she's a, she's of that she's of that era where. Um, but it's interesting, you know. Uh, she's she's quite well known as a pianist. She was she was often referred to as the Valkyrie of the piano. Um, so she's very well known as a pianist, but perhaps not as well known as a composer, and perhaps doesn't quite get as much uh, recognition as people like sort of um, Amy Beach uh, yeah. do, which is interesting because because Amy, um, Amy Beach dedicated her piano concerto in C sharp minor to Carreno. And she was also oh, she also taught um, Edward McDowell, um, whose whose music has well, I mean, I've certainly played his music on it was on the piano syllabus. Was it to a Wild Rose? I believe it was. There's some people, some of his familiar. Yeah. When would that have been? Oh God, I think it was grade f five or grade six, about sort of five or six years ago. I don't know. I don't know. I, Possibly, I not, think not, I th to, not to flex, but I did my grade eight when I was uh, when I was about seventeen. So uh... well, I never, I never got that far. <laughs> I did grade six, and I was like, I think that's my all. Um, but no, no but she, just, piano, but she was a real, she was a real influence on a lot of com American composers at the time. Um, 
And, you know, and it's interesting, of course, because she was a Venezuelan woman, but living very, very much a cosmopolitan woman living in America and living in Europe and touring the world and generally being wonderful and performing for presidents and, and all the rest of it. And here's the funny thing. So she had four husbands. We know about Soiree and Giovanni Talia, Talia Pietra. And then her third husband, uh, Eugene Dalbert, who I don't know whether you say Albert or Albert, but he's Scottish, so I presume it's Dalbert, oh, oh, was, yeah. a, was a pianist and composer who was very controlling. And he was very controlling about, you know, in, in, in the classic man way. And um, <laughs> they, yeah, he was very controlling about sort of household management and things about childbearing and child rearing. And he stopped her performing Edmund McDowell. Anyway, they divorced. And then she remarried in 1902 to, <laughs> to Arturo Talia Pietra, who was the brother of her second husband. Oh my gosh! Which I just think drama queen. (laughs) Just just like so, she's had this like, you know, she's had three kids with 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 his brother, and then she didn't have any kids with 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 the second brother. But then she has this horrible horrible marriage, and then she goes, "Stuff this, I'm off." And then and 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 then she goes, "I'm going to marry that guy's brother," Um, and and they were and they were I think they were together until until she died. So. Oh my gosh! Uh, so there we go. She had four husbands, um, and uh, and two from the same family. So uh, <laughs> that's 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 her. Um, but yeah, oh, a fab- so fabulous, fabulous woman. Very very interesting, and and perhaps you know quite quite a lot of information on her out there. Um, yeah, and lots of scores. I mean, I've now got the ballad in front of me. Yeah, which which just I mean, looking at it. I don't think I could play it anymore, but the it it looks it comes in waves. It, it the actual score mm. is very kind of graphic and it's it's yeah it's stunning. I would say Beautiful. that it's not it's not terribly difficult music to access from you know if you're thinking who's yeah. all the you know and I and actually I think what's been nice about about this podcast is that we have explored some composers that have been a little bit harder for. For well, me and Ellie to sort of appreciate and understand, I think. Um, yeah. But it's also quite nice sometimes to uncover hidden gems from the past, and you just sit there and go, "Oh, this is gorgeous! Why didn't I know about this before?" Yeah, that's um, that's how I'm yeah. feeling with this one, and this is how Ben actually said it earlier. He he was like, "Ellie, I've I've got this person who I absolutely have to do, and I can't believe I haven't done her already." Yeah. And that's yeah, I can't believe you haven't done her already. She's fab. I yeah, very much. No, she and is actually. I'm I'm now looking at some of this music, and I'm thinking maybe I could play it, but I don't know. Maybe that's my toxic trait. Who knows? Well, I don't know, Ellie. Maybe, maybe, maybe in that inaugural Petrobachi po- um, podcast recital, you could uh, perform. Whip out the old piano. Whip out the old piano and, um, <laughs> and play a bit of Teresa Cardeno. Um, so yeah, go and have a listen to her music. Find yeah, that recording by Clara do. Rodriguez. So I suppose there's one one more thing left to do, Ellie. Okay, should we do three, two, one? Yeah. Okay, three, two, one. Swipe, Swipe right. right. Yes, yeah. there we go. I really like her. Yeah. Great. I think she's fab. Yeah. yeah, so that's two Latino composers we've done in a row, which is great, I think. Really, really yeah, nice. Yeah, it's to exciting. Sort of... Yeah. I, I, I want to make sure we're covering as many bases as, as possible because there are so many underrepresented people 
And I think with Latin music, it's very easy for us to think of it as other because we think of it as Latin music, for example. Yeah. So we, we put it in a separate category. But I mean, realistically, it's still Western classical music and it belongs in our little canon. Mm. <laughs> so, so I, I yeah. yeah, it's important we, we discover as many people as we can. So, yeah, very nice. Very nice. Listeners, let us know what you thought of our new little format. Next week we'll be doing it and I will find somebody and give them to Ben and Ben will have a listen while I'm doing it about them. Uh-huh. Absolutely. I'll think of someone nice in advance and Very nice. do some planning. Cool. Well, in all, yeah, I suppose otherwise, I, otherwise, um, well, the thing is, this term, we've spoken to Nathan, I've done these two, and then Ellie spent a week talking about her book, which I suppose was quite easy. Um, so it's time for, I mean, I was going to say it's time for Ellie to put some work in, but that's a bit rich given that she does all the work <laughs> for this podcast. Um I know, God, I'm just being carried along. <laughs> yeah. But um, yes, and um, I'm saying this now, even though it's being recorded, it hasn't actually been written yet because the uh, this the, the, the this week's, as in last week's episode, hasn't actually gone up yet. No, it but, hasn't. But this evening, which is this a evening. week ago, I'm going to, well, I say this evening after I've come back from work, I'm gonna, I am going to write the first edition of the newsletter. Um Woo-hoo! Which you will, which I suppose technically you will be receiving the second edition of that newsletter. Um, it's very confusing pre-recording all of this. Uh, it is. But oh my gosh, it's it's impossible. I don't yeah. understand what week I'm on or when. Well, it doesn't really help that we did record a Valentine's Day special that is as as of the fifteenth of February, <laughs> yet to go out. Which, in all fairness, is perfectly acceptable because Ellie did want to enjoy Valentine's Day because she, unlike me, actually has someone to spend it with. So my Valentine was it, we had a very busy Valentine's. Very yes, <laughs> Ellie messaged me yesterday and was like, "Ben, can, can we record tomorrow? Because I think I might be quite drunk later." And I was like, "Yeah, that's fine, Ellie. I don't mind." <laughs> we start. We went bowling at Meat Liquor. Shout out to Meat Liquor at Queen's Skate Down Bowl, um, where my grandmother used to go ice skating when she was a kid. Aww. But. So so we went and we started on the cocktails at one PM. So I mean it was it was a good day, a great day. Well, you've got to do it. Nice way to spend a Monday. I didn't do that, but um I had an <laughs> I had a I had a nice day, I suppose. Did I? Good. I went to work. I had a you McDonald's. You live your life, Ben. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was uh yeah. It was a it was a fairly standard day. And to be fair, I for most part managed to avoid all the gushing social media posts by people so it was it was actually okay um Good. but anyway uh well, as long as you had fun next week is yourself. maybe i don't know i don't know i mean next week's interesting next week is a confusing one because we've got three things first of all next tuesday is pancake day <gasps> is it Second of all, next wednesday i say next wednesday you know the when next wednesday for you is ash wednesday but also the Tuesday is also St. David's Day, so we've got three things all oh happening at once. Um, okay, so we need to find a Welsh pancake-eating composer who is, is either is also is also Christian <laughs> because yeah. of Ash Wednesday. But wow, still you... somehow marginalised. Well, I think they'd be pretty marginalised if they fit all those. Um, <laughs> it's true. If they, you know. Okay, well, I'll see what I can do. I'll find someone. 
Or just and find you... find something that's that's you know. And do you remember last year, Ben, when mm. we introduced the podcast? You said it all in Welsh. Yeah, I did. Well, I did. I'm going to say it all in Welsh this time. Oh my god. That's the plan. Oh my god, that's the plan. I'm very, I'm very much looking forward. I wasn't sure whether we were going to do anything for St David's Day or not, but I'm very much looking forward to the fact that uh, Ellie is going to be taking control of that this year. As well, I say that we've just sort of that's been decided like right now. Right. We, now. we haven't really talked about it, um, which is, and I don't mind. Like it's less work for me. But <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, um, I'm quite concerned about this whole Welsh thing because we did a CD recording with the choir of All Holloway a couple of years ago. And we were recording some fantastic music by the wonderful Ben Parry, who probably mm. won't be listening, but if you are, hi, Ben. Hi, Ben. And, um, and Ben, this Ben, Hello. sang a stunning solo. Oh, pish. All in Welsh. And it's, it's on the CD. Go and listen to it. It's all through the night. Uh, or Ahidinos. Very that good. Right-ish? Yeah, thank you, very thank good. You. And, and you know the word I remember, Ben? Which one? Castith. Interesting. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Custard. Yeah. 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 That was a really tricky one to get people to. It's like it's like custard, it's custard. but it's like custard, but not custard. Yeah, I had to. Um, I had to produce a sort of. Well, I say it was a phonetic spelling, but I didn't use the phonetic alphabet. I just used that like, word association. Um, so that we're, was quite. We're not the cleverest of folk. It was just a lot easier. <laughs> also, I, I was too lazy to actually learn phonetics, and I doubted that everybody understood them anyway. So I just just thought, oh well, I'll just I'll just do it this way. And in all fairness, I I, I had, did s- sort of send it by sort of Welsh family and things, and they were all like, "Yep, that sounds that sounds good to me." And I was like, "There we go." <laughs> so. Yeah, do tune in next week for uh, our St. David's oh, Day well, Pancake you Day special. You know what, Ben? We'll just do it while we're eating pancakes. Yeah. We'll do that. Yeah. yeah. I'm quite, gl- I'm quite glad that we're recording it next week because actually the, um, we've got <laughs> is uh, after the, the actual week of St. David's Day is when we've got lots of people coming to do lots of work on our house. Um, oh, so that Which is really conducive to... Uh, to recording a podcast, so I, I might have to reschedule it in, in into either the ben, morning or the idea. evening. What I've got an idea. You can what? hop over to to eggs. Yes, yeah, so I'll just co- I'll just come to Egan for three weeks whilst they redecorate fine. the living room. I know I'm project That's manager. Fine. I have to I have to be on site. Um, okay, noted. Will you have a hard hat? Uh, no, I won't have a hard hat. I'll probably just be cowering <laughs> upstairs and occasionally come downstairs to sort of provide tea for the workers. Um, what a good idea! Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> sorry, we got sidetracked there. I don't know whether that, this might get cut out. I don't know. It might, I don't might know. be put. I haven't decided yet. It might be put in bonus barky. Um, oh, we... oh my gosh, what a good idea! Ellie's probably got presumably a massive hard drive just full of ramblings of things just that we couldn't. So many outtakes. Yeah, so we we promise we will share them with you one day. We absolutely will. Sparky, I like that. We'll but until then, until then, adios. Thank you for oh, listening. Oh, that works. It does. Hey, adios. Yeah, I presume uh, they I'm speak sorry. Spanish. I, I never, <laughs> I never did Spanish. I did German. Um, but yes, goodbye, farewell. Goodbye. Yes. Auf so long. Au revoir. And revoir, <laughs> as we say in Wales. And see you next week for pancakes and saints.
and dragons. Down with the pancakes. Woohoo! Down with the dragons. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>